Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Jesus was saying that these people follow me with their mouths or their hearts is disconnected away. And David understood that. So he said, no, I don't, you know, you can sing the night, but it could, it could end up being noise. So as we differentiated that, that you know, we started by saying, you know, we, there is a way you sing praises with understanding. And secondly, is that is that is that it is not every praise and worship session that God is interested in. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, and we look at as we look at our priesthood, we've, we've spoken about it. As you know, we are priests. As, according to First Peter two nine, it says that, "But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and God's special possession." Now, there is part of the job of a priest is always to offer sacrifice and gift on behalf of people. So one of the things, like I said, in Hebrews chapter, chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in the matters relating to God, to offer gifts and sacrifice for sin. So as what we are saying here is that as, as a priest, there are things that God is expecting from you. It is one of the things is to offer sacrifice before Him. Is to offer sacrifice before Him. And in and in, in and within the different kind of sacrifice, there is a sacrifice that the Bible points out, which the Bible calls the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. The Bible says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God our sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, openly confessing his name. That openly confess his name. So there are different couple of things that we can look in here. But one thing I want is that it is called a sacrifice of praise. What does it mean? Number one, when you are when 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 you are so sacrifice of praise is not only what you do when you feel like. A sacrifice is what you give, even in the days when you don't feel like it. And that's what the Bible says, it is continual. That means that God is saying, I appreciate what you are feeling, but as a priest, you are expected to offer a continual grace. I have always seen when people, when somebody is giving somebody, uh, when God is speaking to somebody, giving somebody vision, and God will say that, you know, stop praying. 
just give thanks. I've never seen God say, stop praising, start reading. Have you ever heard it before? <laughs> because what is a sacrifice that is continually expected of you? And so the Bible says that it says, now it is the fruit of our lips. So that means that when you are, it's as if it's, it's like the priest that is bringing an offering before God. They are, we know in, in the Old Testament, they bring their offering of fruits or things like that. They present it to God. And God is saying, that, no, you know what? That offering of the lips, when you are sharing testimonies, when you are talking about Christ, he said, I am presenting it. But please note that he's not only talking about singing alone. When you are sharing the gospel of Christ, that's why I said openly confessing. You are also bringing an offering of praise to God. Does that make sense to us? So he said, through Christ. Now, why is it important that this offering of praise, you are not how best do I put it? You are not giving it to Christ. You are giving it through Christ, to God. Because every one of them, there's only one person that receives praise. That's God himself. But you come through the blood of Christ because you are not perfect enough to give God an offering. So this also means that no matter how bad my voice seems, I am coming through Christ. No matter how difficult I feel that maybe my praise is not there yet, it doesn't matter the, the dimension of praise. You are coming through Christ. What means is that what that means is that you are coming with the approval of Christ before God. So I may not have all the musicians on earth, I may not bring all the powerful people. It is not how many powerful people that you bring for praise and worship. It is if they are bringing that praise through Christ. So that means that when I am feeling unworthy before God, it is not how I feel. It is, it is the faith that comes through Christ. At times people will say that, you know, oh, we want the power of God to move in a place. I'm not saying there's nothing bad in it. But, but you know, people will not pack and uh, what's it called? All these a list praise and worship to move the place. Whereas, as far as God is concerned, people will be entertained. He has nothing to do with God. Except that worship is coming through him. And how do you give praise to Christ? Is that you are conscious that. Whatever you are presenting to God, it is not how well you sound. It is knowing that there is a covering over, over, over this thing. When you are doing that, you are activating your own faith. And you begin to see God honoring that worship. You begin to see God move. But once your eyes move away from the sacrifice of Christ, and you are focused on Hitting key A or F or whatever it is that you, you want to hit, it will just. That doesn't mean <laughs> that 
we can be singing J when everybody is singing. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what we are talking about. That's why it's not every one of us that will hold the microphone to sing. You can understand to but wherever you are, please note that when you, you may feel that, am I good enough to approach God in giving my offering? The Bible is saying that it is not about you. It is that you are coming through Christ to give God your offering of praise. And the Bible says that, but, you know, a couple of things that we just pointed out here also is that it is a sacrifice of praise. That means I may not feel like it. Situation around me may not, may not tell me to do so. That is why when you, let's confess, when you read Thessalonians, I just highlighted that part. The Bible says, give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because you are a priest. There is no day when priest takes off. You don't say that, you know, I don't really feel like, you know, when I read the scriptures, I think it said um, seven times a day I give God praise. Please, do you know that that is also, that would also include the day his son died? Because at times you just think about seven times a day and we go, oh yeah. No, if that scripture is true, that includes the day his son died. The baby, the child that was born. That includes that day. The day when the whole um, an army came and raided his house and took away his entire family, burnt down his house. That day also included the seven times a day. So the Bible would say that give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Somebody said, ah, in this situation, what is God's will? What is what do God God's will is clear? Give thanks. Ah, you know, things are really difficult. And you know, the will of God, you don't need to see all this, you don't need to look for God's will that long. Is that in that situation where you are, in it, give thanks. And you will see again when God let's put um Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20. He now says, Give thanks to God for everything. So not only in situations, but for everything, give God thanks. And you know, as we it is it, it, it is important because you know I'm not sharing you know um, I've shared it a couple of times with us uh, you know as a postman then you know saying as a postman I, I I used to deliver there was one useless route like it was <laughs> it was uh, on the major route it was um, so there was shops on this side and this side there was just forest no forest but there was just road. So there was no houses on the other side of the road and things like that. And in those days, when you are when you are a casual, one of the problems being a casual is that you don't have a permanent round. So if everybody is in your office, everybody is, is um, every staff is there. Or not if every staff is there, they've they've picked up overtime. The senior boys are picked up overtime. Now, senior boys will never pick up overtime on, the, on 
we call it work, but a duty that is easy. They always pick up over time on the ones that is easy or close to where they are doing there. So if there's a street there that is on overtime, they will pick it. So that means that when you as a casual come, you see that you get houses that have, I, I hate uh, listening. <laughs> I don't know if you, because you have to, you have to go to one side, you know, I don't know if you know what I'm talking to, but you, you deliver letter to the um, high, bottom house, then you have to go to the other side, uh, sorry, to, to, to that side, deliver to the, to, to, to the top, come down again, go to that side of the house, this and this, and you keep going back and forth. You will hardly see any senior person delivering to those places. But, you know, the casuals, you, are, you, are, you get the leftover. And that is even when it is good. They will now, at times, what will now happen, and this will happen to me that day, they will now look for, if an office is now looking for staff, they will now say that, ah, okay, can you give all the works there on overtime to people and get all your casual staff to another area? You have never been there before, you don't know anything, they'll just give you a map. And you'll be walking around the streets. <laughs> I cannot wonder that I did a walk. We were there till 8 in the night. It was one Spanish guy. His mom came to come and pick him. I was the only one left for the walk. <laughs> I, I was knocking on people's door in the middle of the night. <laughs> ah, because then we were still training. So I never knew that, you know, when you when you're delivering, you try to get in the middle of the, of, of, of the road. So you have a, a bag that goes in loops. So you do one half of the road, you go around that way, then you go around the other way, and you come to the middle, and things like that. So what we what we did was that we now carried one bag for one side of the road. Two of us, one bag. So we are carrying, we leave one side of the road. We finish the bag, we finish at the middle. We walk back again, and then I pick another bag, and we will now walk past where we have delivered, and we we'll start again. We we'll finish the last, and we we'll now walk back. You know. By the time we <laughs> we finished, you know, it was it was just like that. But I, I can remember one of those things, and I'm, it, it, it is why I'm sharing. I can remember one of those things that you know I was I was only working on that major that I spoke about, and I had nowhere. It was a different office. I don't know anywhere, and I was already late. That means that the office will have closed. The only thing you have is where you go and collect your letters. And things like that. And those ones, there's only one person, two people, two people for security reasons will be in the building. So they cannot go out and carry you or do anything. You have to find your way down back. So that day, I was, I was, I had finished, but I was so pressed, I wanted to be. There was nowhere, because you're Nigeria. <laughs> there was nowhere I could have hissed myself. And I was trying to hold, hold, hold. Then all of a sudden, I had to breathe on myself. And you know what happened? As I was walking down, rain began to fall. Oh, wow. I began to dance in that rain. That God thanks you for covering my shoes. You don't see, I could have said, ah, God, is this in my life? <laughs> in that, in that, in that, I was dancing. 
The day I knew that God was actually particular, I used to sing, and I would say that God, I don't have money, but I will sing and dance to you. Even when, when, when I'm doing, when I'm doing, you know, my mom one day, my mom came from Nigeria, she was, for some money, she was crying. She was like, ah, even my, even our driver cannot do this kind of thing that you're doing. And things like, you know, I was, I was dancing, I was, and things like that. And do you know what God did? He brought, he, he blessed someone that bought a workman for me. And God was saying, no, I want you to, so that your song does not, just keep singing and dancing. You know, later on when I got to become a manager, when I used to deliver to those places, when, when people would say that, ah, you know, um, ah, we can't, there's, there's a problem here, and because I'm the youngest, they say, oh, Adi, go and, go and, as a manager, go and do delivery. And things like that. You just came back from being a postman, go and do delivery. And things like that. Some people will be offended. I took the bag, and I'll be delivering, and I'll say, God, I'm delivering to this place. When last I was delivering to this place, I used to deliver with, and I get paid a postman's rate. Today, I'm delivering the same road. I'm being paid the manager's rate. Oh, God, thank you. That same situation, that some people say, ah, no, they have degraded me. They've, they've brought me back to postman. No, it was a dancing opportunity for me. And so what am I, I'm not certain that's why the Bible says, for everything, give God thanks. For everything, give God thanks. He said, in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ. God bless us in, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as, let's just go to Luke chapter, um, thank you. Why is this important? Because as far as everyone is concerned, what brings increase is thanksgiving. We do not, people outside the kingdom only give God thanks when they see something that he has done. But if you are in the priesthood, you don't only give God thanks for what he has done. You give him thanks for what you know he's about to do. And so you would see that Jesus demonstrated it by taking the five loaves of bread and two fishes and he raised it up and he gave thanks. I can remember one person who was in church then and they came to me about that they've been looking for a job and each time they apply, they would always reject and deny them and things like that. So I said to them, I said, you know what, what I will advise you is this. Said, it's, no, she said that she will have a dream that the, um, she had received the job only to wake up the morning and get a post or email that says that, yeah, sorry, I think I get. She was like, ah, what is this? What am I not supposed to do? I said, no, I said, that means that it is already, it is already answered in, in the mind of God. Now, it is praise that brings things from the mind of God into a reality. So I said to her, I said, next time you receive that email, print it out. Put it out and dance before God. Show gratitude for it. And things like that. By, she, she did that to the glory of God. When she had the, um, she had the letter, she danced, she gave God glory. 
And guess what? It was one of the companies that had rejected her before, a year ago, that now offered her a post. And for you to know how God now did it, when she was offered a post, she didn't have visa. Her application was she, there was a problem, and the application was still locked in the home office. So they gave her deadline to apply. She she saw she submitted a document. The person that did the screening only took data page of the passport and offered her the job. Her visa did not come out until about six or seven months after she had started. And in case you think it is a job of chaos, uh, shop market, let's go where they don't understand uh, passport. It was Ministry of Defense of this country. So when she said, no, I said, you see, just dance. You have been complaining, you have been crying. Because today you print and say, hey, God, oh, I had a dream, and it did not happen. And things like, and you weep and weep and weep and weep over it. I'm just sharing testimonies with you. I can go all that on. About testimonies. When you praise God with understanding, not entertaining yourself. See, there are times when people sing to kind of feel good. It's, it's okay. The Bible even says that, you know, song brings melody to your heart, but that doesn't mean that it connects God. You are just, you know, you relieve yourself, you are excited, you are okay, and it's okay, you know. At least you, you are okay, that's all that matters. But when it comes to driving the hand of God, it has to be done with understanding of who he is. So, the Bible says that, it says, and Jesus raised, raised it up and he gave thanks. And what happened was that the Bible says that he, um, the, the, the people were fed. Hallelujah. It says, come. Um, now, as we, as we look even closer, around when it comes to God. It is, it is important, the only way you can also stay constant in thanking God is understanding who He is, not what you feel like or what your situation is. That's why the Bible will always direct us that in worship, it is important that you are confident on who God is. You know, and that's why you would see, let's go to Psalm 95. Um, the Bible says, come, let us sing joy to the Lord. Let us shout to the Lord of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. For the Lord is great and is great and a great king above all God. So he's saying this is why we are worshipping him. We are not worshipping him because he has done something for us. If we are worshipping him for who he is. Those who are in Buckingham Palace, those who wake up to blow the trumpet to welcome the queen, they are not there to say that, oh, the queen did this. No, they are worshipping her for who she is. Now, worship and praise, for it to be constant, is for you to understand who God is. One of the challenges is that we are... We are, we are we are gradually being brought up in a democratic world. But God is 
not a Democrat. That is why you will see the Bible refer to him as king. And if you don't understand how kingdoms are run, you will have a problem. Because you would think that God is there to satisfy your own need. No, that's not how it works. That is why when you read the, the Lord's Prayer, the first part of it is, let your kingdom come. Then the later part is, that give us this day our daily bread. Because it is your, you do his will first. Then, out of his mercy, he will do yours. And once you understand that, you know, most of what we are talking about now, if you have people who, 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 who live in kingdoms, what, what you think is a problem is not a problem because they understand how kingdoms work and they're living fine. So what I'm trying to say is that when you, you know, like for example, an American doesn't even understand why you have a queen. Because they're like, you know, why do you have somebody who's just there? I think so. Why most people do not have problems? I know some people do, but most people don't have problems in this country is because you are used to that system and it's not, you don't see it as a body. But people who are used to, um, you know, we determine what happens here, will always have a problem. And that's why the Bible keeps on introducing God as a king. He's saying to you that, no, you, you are living for his pleasure. That's why the Bible says he has created all things for his pleasure, not for your pleasure. For his pleasure. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Somebody said that. Hey, but that God, that makes God a tyrant. And things are, as someone said, you know, there is freedom. You can leave this planet and go and create your own planet. And <laughs> it's as simple as that, you know. Go and stay in your own planet and, and do your own thing. It's not, a, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a problem. You know, <laughs> you know if, you, if you don't like my house, what do you do? You go out and create your own house. So if you don't like this planet, the way God rules it, you can create yours and leave them. Amen. God help us in Jesus' name. So as we come to this point, you know, as at times, at times when, like I said, you know, there are situations in our life when at times your heart may be drawn to what to the to the you know, to the issues rather than the character of God. Abraham was someone like that. And Abraham, the Bible said to about Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse 19 and 20. The Bible says, 20 and 21, the Bible says, without weakening in his face, in, sorry, in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Please note this. Faith does not Ignore reality. Jesus says, when you have faith, you will say to the mountain. He did not say that the mountain is not there. Because some people, what some people call faith is that you say mountain is not there. I just no. Faith means that you confront the mountain. There is an issue. But I know there is this issue. But by my faith in Christ, 
it will not be an issue for me. But faith does not live in denial. You know, that is why some people have, for example, somebody has um, generational issues or whatever, or maybe, maybe my generation, something like that. And you are being told prophetically, I, I, I reject it in Jesus' name. And that's it. Say, <laughs> so, no, no, no. My faith does not accommodate for those kind of nonsense. That is faith in ignorance. Faith will say, I can see this pattern, but I know that because of he that lives in me is greater than he that lives in the world. So please, faith is not ignoring reality. So that's why the Bible says, without weakening in his faith, if faith be fact, that his body was as good as that. He did not imagine he faced the fact. And, and that was why I was saying to someone that print out the letter. That is the reality. But your response to that reality So, the Bible says that since he was 100, was 100 years old and Sarah's womb was dead, yet, despite all of that, he did not waver in unbelief regarding the promise of God. He was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God had the power, what is what's the Bible saying is that being fully persuaded in the character of God, or in the ability of God. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. And you will see David always tackle these things, Edom. When he is, 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 is feeling down and downcast, David will be talking to himself as if he's talking to somebody else. So you see Psalm 43, verse 5. He says, why... Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him and my Savior, my, and my God. I'm sorry, my Savior and my God. Let's go to Psalm 42 again. This is Psalm 43, Psalm 42 again. He repeated the same thing. He said, why, are, why, why my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed? Put your hope in the Lord. You would think that he's talking to somebody else. But he's actually talking to his own soul. So there will be certain days where you will feel like it's as if the whole world is against him. It's as if David will step out of his body, as it were, and say, no, you cannot do that. Get up. God is on your side. God is on your side. Again, you can see here that, you know, David is not ignoring reality, but he's dealing with it in the position of God. That's why the Bible, that's why you see David now begin to remind himself in Psalm 103. David will say, uh, Psalm 103, he said, he said, praise the Lord, oh my soul. You would think that he's talking to somebody else, but he's actually talking to himself. He now said, 
Forget not his benefit. That means that you can forget. Situations will happen when the only thing you have in your mind is the bad things that have been happening. But David said, no, we, my son, this is how we are going to do this thing. We are going to start to remember every good thing that God has done. And I went further that, in that sense, in case you do not have anything else to thank God for, the fact that I am forgiven by Christ is enough. The fact that he heals my disease is enough. And David was saying, do not see. One of the things that I have tried to do, and I, my, just my own learning, you know, it might be something that might be useful to you. I've learned it from scripture that you would see that um, Abraham will get to a place, or Jacob will get to a place, and they will build an altar, and they will name that altar like, um, uh, is it um, Bethel? They would create an altar and they would name the altar. And that name would be like a nickname, as it were. They would say that, you know, this is where God has met you. So at times in my own situations, when I get to a point and I'm like, and I'll just say, oh, God of Isa Bafarawa. Isa Bafarawa is a location in Sokoto State. When when, when I was pastoring two fellowships, and one of it was shut down by the Islamic um, fundamentalists, and God came through. So when I'm in that kind of situation, when things are, are so bad, I remember, so what I just say is, ah, or at times I would say, why? Because there was a time when a lecturer said you will not graduate. So I am also building altars like Abraham did and named it. So it is good that somebody would say, um, I will, um, I'm just using the, uh, I don't, I don't, it's great, I understand it. But at times for me, what is more particular rather than say atelike is to say that although because at that point in time God also brings to remembrance. It's as if we met virtually at that point when we are doing worship. So I am encouraging you learn to have moments with God that even when somebody is in trance. Someone would just say, God said, Everybody would be like, ah, <laughs> is that a new slide? No. It is, see, all the names of God that you read in the Bible, Jehovah Diary, is an encounter with somebody. Is an experience of someone. When he says, I am that I am, you will not see it. You will not see, I said when Jesus said it again. You will not see it. It was an encounter with Moses and God himself. So let your worship experience get to a point where you and God have a nickname that it is, it is just between you and him. That when he hears it, in, that name has history behind it. That is the pattern you will see in scripture. 
And when God will refer to mountains, refer to places where people gave offering, refer to places where people, you know, and it was, it was, it was just an experience of where God. And this is one thing that you know, as we just draw this to a close, is that when David met Goliath, the testimonies of David was the testimonies of the past. And David will say that you, this God that gave me, um, uh, is it the, um, the lion to kill? What was he doing? He had created a testimony around an event in his life, and that became a tool in his journey. That's why when David, that's why when you read when David is talking, David was saying to himself, "Don't forget this. Don't forget what happened at this place." And that will help you to be consistent in the place of praise. It, it doesn't have to be the same situation. Please, what is the, the situation between Lion and Goliath? They are not the same people. Or they are not the same creature. So what I'm trying to tell you is this. Is that you don't have to necessarily have the same story to be able to relate it. What you need is to relate the same God to the same situation. So if, if you get a negative doctor's report, you can thank God as, ah, the God that healed me from this migraine that was disturbing me when I was young. You are bringing me back to that same position. I'm just trying to tell you how altars are built, how memorials are built with God. You need to be conscious to build memorials with him. Somebody came to visit me one day, and I took them to a forest. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I normally go to the woods to go and pray. Forest, forest, everything. Forest, but we, we, I normally go to the woods to go and pray, and things like that. And I was walking to that person when we were having a chat. And we actually went, when we were doing a, a prayer walk. And I said, you know, this, this tree here. I said, I prayed this prayer three years ago at this tree. This is what God did. Because it has become a memorial. I'm not worshipping the tree. But that position has become a memorial. When there are certain prayers that I said about the church, I can tell, take you to the location where I said those prayers. It is not anywhere spectacular. When you are coming to our house, it is the road, the, the, the road that one of the roads that come down as you're coming from maybe is one of the roads. I was walking down that road and, and, and there are times when situations like that, things like that change around the church and I'm thinking what's going on. I will go back to that very spot. And I'll worship God. It is not about location. Please don't get me wrong. What we are trying to say is that you can create memorials. See, these are the things that are times that our forefathers have tried to try to explain to us and teach us, especially in the faith, where they will tell you to have an altar somewhere in your house. Because what they are trying to do is they, they have realized that God builds memories with people. So your house will be too small. You will not have an altar. It's not the problem. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You can build memorials with God anywhere. 
and you dis you begin to discover that if when you build these memorials, it will begin to refine to it. Was it about a couple of months ago something happened and things like that? I had even forgotten. And I was just praying that, that, uh, that day, and God just let me go outside. And I was going out, I went back to the corner of the streets where I parked God concerning that issue in my former church. And God said, you remember, this church will be nine years. So, you remember that you prayed to me concerning this issue at this point. So I'm bringing you to, re to, to remind you that I that did it there will do it again. See, we don't have time, but I'm just trying to let you know. Have you ever thought about it when God will say to Moses, Moses, come up, come up, let me meet you. I'd be like, and God will not give him ten commandments. Does that make sense? Why can he not say to him, you, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that God sent somebody to him. God came to meet and God said, Moses, let us go up. I want to give you, I want to speak to you. You first of all say, why can you not speak here? Because he's a God that cherishes memories of people. That's why when he introduces himself to people in scriptures, he will say, I am the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob is not their it's not their names, it is their memories that is calling to reality or calling to remembrance. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So as we bring this to a close, and as you journey in your whole life with God. Altars of praise, wherever you find, you are able to, you know, it 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 brings it, it allows refreshment to come into a place. You know, the, even the heart will respond. Psalm sixty-seven says that let may the people praise you, O Lord. May all the people praise you. Let nations be glad, and 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 may your may you rule, may you rule your people with equity, and it's, uh, and the Bible says. May the people praise you, verse 5. May the people praise you, O Lord. May, the, may God, may the people praise you. The heart, on that translation, will say, Then the heart will yield its harvest. So until, at times until you, you, you will get to a point where we, where we, where we, where we, where we begin to offer our praise continually. There are certain dimensions of God you will never see. That's why the Bible says God is fearful in praises. I would hear this. One of the reasons why God is fearful in praises. Jesus is described as a lion of the tribe of Judah. There is a, there are there are two main categories. Two main categories according to the book of um, Revelations, dimensions of Christ. You will see him as a lamb. And you see him as a lion. A lamb being the one that was slain, the lion being the king, and, and the one who rules. But the Bible will qualify him as a lion of Judah. What does that mean? That Judah means praise. And the, that is why that is why when you go to Psalm 114, the Bible says that when Israel came out of Egypt, 
um, um, and he is a lot of the people of strange language. Judah became his sanctuary. So that means that he sat in the midst of his of, of the praise of his people. And Israel became so and Israel became his dominion. You do not begin to see the effects. The Bible later goes on to say that what uh, 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 the sea saw it and fled. Jordan stepped back. The, the mountains keep like rams. And you will not see a question coming up and saying, why is this happening? It is because once God finds a seat in Judah that is in place, the impact will begin to be felt across. Then once he understood that, he said, tremble before God. Because he understood that why they are actually, why things are happening is because God has found a place in Judah. What is what he said? He said Judah became his sanctuary. What does sanctuary mean? Sanctuary where God has created for himself. And that is in, in the midst of your praise. That's why David later says to us that God inhabits the praise of his people. And as we come to the place of praise, I just want you to just bring your memories back to him. I don't know what it is that you have, you know. See, it might be very insignificant to you. But to God, there are memories. In fact, you might share with people and people go, hey, what has that got to do with anybody? It doesn't have to do with anybody. It has to do within you and God. It may be as, as easy as I slept and I felt so choked and I could not believe that I could wake up. That might be that simple testimony that, you, that your heart leaps before God over. Don't worry. People say, people do it all the time. People sleep and wake up. So what does, what does that? That is their problem. I will handle this as we come. You know, God will tell people to bring offering and they bring their lamb. And God will always say, make sure each family puts a hand on the head of that lamp as they release them. And I think you, you know, Israel is about three million men. And can you imagine three million animals rushing before the altar? And why would God say that put, they should put their hands on them? Because each one of them carries the name of the person that placed hands on them. That, that means that each voice has a signature before God. So you may think that you are, we're, we're not, maybe, maybe for example, maybe you might be in a place of millions of people. Everybody's worshiping God. And everybody's screaming. You do not know that each voice before God carries a particular signature. And that signature is linked to your heart. So as we gather to sing and worship God together, please do not believe that, you know, maybe my voice is not good. It doesn't matter. What matters is that God is hearing you as a person. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.